Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Firebrand Pursuit. Um, we're joined once again for our second episode with Chase Chatswell. Uh, welcome Thank back, Chase. Thank you for having me, guys. <laughs> welcome, course. man. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for those who've been watching, same as last week, I am still in the middle of nowhere outside the Starbucks. So it's ruining in the this... illusion of us. You've like, been in this parking lot for the last out. week. Yeah, man, <laughs> my wife is very upset about it. <laughs> no, she's actually awesome because she doesn't want to mess with the audio, so she was inside until the fire alarm went off, and now she's at a table right here, so I can see her, but her back to me. <laughs> but she's holding it down for us. I've got her phone for the Wi-Fi, so we're making it happen, so I'm going to have to <laughs> give her back her later. <laughs> oh, man. So we're going to jump right back into it, but, but first... Before we do, Chase, you introduced yourself last week, but we're going to get another fun fact about you. So are you still are you are you still playing music? You changed your major, but are you still playing slash making music? I am still playing music. I am playing at. Um, I was playing at a youth group uh, here in town. They for they need some backup. The youth actually aren't mm -hmm. on the team. They have like a like weird rotating thing of all the college students that kind of come in and play and then go. It's so I was doing cool. that for a bit, uh, but I, I ended up leaving that and going to, uh, I play at my, my church now. It took oh, me nice. a year and a half to do it. it. took me a year and a half to do it, but I'm finally playing at my own church here in Tennessee. Had to check your, check your humility, make you do some toilet cleaning, some sweeping first. Yeah, <laughs> dude, just like, I, you know, and I also just want to make sure that, you know, like when you get into a church, make sure that like, don't just jump into things immediately. I feel like mm -hmm. that sometimes like, a thing like people are just like oh just get in immediately like no <laughs> take your time get to know the church yep. make sure that you like it make sure that yep. they're biblical which we'll get to in a second you know, make, sure <laughs> yeah. they're, make sure they're like you know doing the right stuff and then get in and pray about it too like what do you oh, absolutely. want me to do in this church lord maybe Maybe being faithful is being on the worship team. Maybe being faithful is sweeping the floors. I mean, I'm not knocking the yeah. toilet cleaners. I've been there. <laughs> nah, man. Hey, bless, bless the church toilet cleaners, man. Bless them. Totally, man. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I know some guys who work hard, man. I'm like, man, you guys inspire me to keep going. <laughs> so awesome. So last week, we left everyone on a cliffhanger. We want to talk about truth. So mm -hmm. I'm going to just... Right here is where I'm going to cut in that picture. So right now you guys are seeing this. You're seeing the picture that Chase sent me. You're probably wondering what the heck is that. <laughs> so Chase, I know you I have am. the picture. Yeah, guys, wondering right now. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to him right now. Okay. So, oh, please do, man. Please mid episode, do. man. This is this is the good stuff. Where like since we're not doing editing, they're like, man, I feel like I know them. So and if you get on the show, you can. I tell them how they can get on the show while I send you this. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you can. You guys can email us at firebrand, uh, firebrandpursuit at gmail .com. Um, We're also on Instagram at firebrandpod. I think that's the tag. Um, and you can DM, DM us there, uh, personal message us there, um, send us an email, introduce yourself, and we'll we can we can chat and see what you want to talk about and get you on the pod. Excellent, excellent. And hopefully by the time this video is up, the website's up as well. You'd be able to Ooh. go on there. You could you could send it in from there 
or you can just check it out and, and stalk us on there. <laughs> yeah. so, in fact, I just sent it to you through Facebook, so you should have it now. <laughs> okay. Okay, sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Let's so, pull this up. You got that up, Chase? You ready to unpack that for us? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, okay. I'm just going to... I'm going to talk through it real quick. I want to go point by point as to what this says. That way we know what I agree and what I disagree with. Okay. So this is a, this is a, a post that a church in Tennessee actually made. This oh, is a, really? yes, this is a, uh, I, I forget what they're called. I think it's like Grace Point Progressive Church. I don't know, but they have officially labeled themselves a progressive church. And this That's is one of the first things they, they put up, I think. <laughs> earlier this year or towards the end of last year, but it says the Bible mm-hmm. isn't the word of God, uh, self-interpreting a science book an answer slash rule book or inerrant or infallible. And then it says the Bible mm-hmm. is a product of community, a library of text, multivocal, a human response to God and living and dynamic. Mm-hmm. So this is, I remember seeing this and I remember I was talking to you at the time. We were actually talking about, um, oh, right nice. before this, right before this came up, I remember, um, because like I said, I'm a theology major. I'm, I, mm-hmm. I love learning about different sides and I was really into Catholicism at the time and Catholicism holds the Bible authoritatively, but it's, they, they're very ecclesiastical. So whatever the church says, yeah, that is correct. Yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned that because I have a Catholic friend, man, and I love talking with him. He's going to be on the show eventually, but uh, I, that's like the topic we've talked about the most, Sola Scriptura, and he's like, well, Sola Ecclesia, <laughs> Sola Ecclesia. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I was, I was kind of thinking about it. I was like, oh, man, what does the church say? And, you know, people in the Catholic community love to use, oh, but you wouldn't have the Bible if it wasn't for the Catholic church. It's like, I mean, I understand. a little credit from the Jews, I think. Yeah, yeah it's like, well, <laughs> the, the, hold on, the Jews, Jews have the Old Testament. Um, you there, and it's one, yeah, anyways, church history. <laughs> we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but um, but I, was, I was really into that idea of like, oh, maybe it is what the church says. Maybe, you know, we've seen the church history, yada, yada. And I was like, uh, and we we're talking to you, and we were talking about soul scriptura, mm-hmm. and you know, how to handle stuff biblically. And I was really kind of on the fence on how I viewed things. And then I saw this, this picture come up and I was like, yeah, I know that's heresy. And, yep. and I, and I like, you know, clocked back into place. And break this is, if I, if I was going to a church and they posted that for me, that would be like, yeah. Oh yeah. Stay here, and, you know? Yeah. And you know, the hard thing with this is that there are some things in the Bible is category that they've, they have kind of right. Like the Bible is living and dynamic. It is. And that is something that they get right, but they immediately counteract, <laughs> counteract that with the Bible is not the word of God. The Bible cannot mm-hmm. be living if it is not God breathed. Yeah. You know, it's funny when I was looking through this and I was thinking through every line on that picture, and, and what I thought when I saw that one is, man, that really depends on your definition of living. Because for me, I mean, and, and I could be off on this, you call me out, but what that is saying to me when I'm reading that in the scripture is like, because 
God is breathing life into us. We are being transformed, the renewing of our mind through this yeah. living. You know, it's, it is working in us. And, and you know, for me, it's like, it is the Word of God because of that. And, <laughs> and then you see that little end dynamic. And that's where, for me, it gets scary because... I love it, and I'm quoting Mike Winger because he I just love said this. Mike Winger. Oh, Mike Winger's the best man. Oh man, a lot oh, of yeah, I spent a lot of hours on his content. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've got some other guys too. I I can share with you, man. But um, so he just said this recently, and I don't know if he came up with it or not. But he said, "Are you trusting God with all of your heart? Are you trusting your heart with all of God? Like, are you letting God inform what you think?" and change you and, and and you get this radical transformation or are you trusting your heart with what you think God says? And so rather than transforming yourself or letting yourself be transformed by by the Lord and by scripture, you're transforming everything else to fit you. And that is like so scary. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually but, wanna Oh no, go ahead. I was just going to say what I see in the list of the Bible, at least on here, the Bible is on that graphic is each one is speaking to a different thing, but I think each one speaks into a different area, which allows people who, or the people who believe that and are saying that to be able to add on to the Bible in their own way. And so, and you know, like the Bible is a library of texts. It is multivocal. Mm -hmm. There are multiple people who have written it. It was, it was, it didn't all come like from the hand of God falling out of heaven, but and it was, but it, it was, it was God breathed and God inspired yeah. for the people who wrote it. But it, it's not something that can be added, add, added onto. And right. I, I think that's what they mean by, by living on and dynamic, I think would be, it would be safe yeah. to say. <laughs> and, and looking at that, you know, it's like in a product of community. I mean, Israel was entrusted with this. I mean, yeah. that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And, but when they say library of text, to me, that almost seems like a detraction. Like, it's just some books. And, and yeah. not even like a canon of scripture. Like, it's just a library yeah. of text. It's like, there's mm -hmm. a reason why yeah. we have 66. And why Catholicism has 72. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mention This is a Catholic Bible. This has all the extras. Dude, just for the fun I, of it. I have my great-grandfather's Catholic Bible. And I was like... <laughs> Flipping through it, and I was like, "Dude, what hey, the let me just... heck is this book?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I know they're weird, but the book Sirach, total side note, but the book Sirach is beautiful, beautiful really? book to read through. Um, you know, always, always when you go into like the uh, Deuterocanonical books, the Apocrypha, mm -hmm. always yep. just remember that this was not the Jews did not consider the scripture, mm -hmm. and the system that yeah. was taken on later. But always, I like to read it with an open mind. I think there's always something to learn in what other people in the faith have experienced. And, and that's a great point someone made to me a long time ago. What they said was, uh, you know, that the apocryphal works and, and lots of other works, they're pious reading. They're just not canon scripture that mm -hmm. you're going to take your life, hold it up against and say, okay, I got to change that and that and that because there might be some yeah. other things. You know, and I mean, it goes to say with anything that's beneficial, you know, and, and so, yeah, I, I've read a little bit of them, but, but specifically in, in those uh, six books somewhere, there's like a verse and that's the verse where they're like, oh, uh, 
shoot, I'm sick of purgatory. <laughs> There's one verse in there. Dude, that, like, dude I could go on a whole thing. <laughs> I could go on a whole thing about that. But, Me um, too. We'll have to do that. We oh, will. man. But actually, I want to get to... friend to come. <laughs> yes. I actually want to jump to a verse that kind of immediately breaks this entire argument down. Awesome. Um, yeah. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen through 17 is like mm-hmm. the perfect thing. It says, mm-hmm. all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped mm-hmm. for every good work. And mm-hmm. what's, not, what's amazing is that in the actual Greek, that inspired um, some people say God breathed, but it's it is in Greek it's theanustas, which is God breathed, and wow, and that's it says that. I mean, but the problem is though is that if you don't believe that, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the scriptures can the scriptures can point it out and just lay it out perfectly, and then you get churches like this that are like, no, because it doesn't socially line up with what we're dealing with today. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest problem is that the Christian truth has always been difficult because it's always contrary to what's going on around us. There's in the times of the, the you know, the Greeks and stuff. I mean, they were doing all sorts of crazy stuff. <laughs> so many things that were just, I mean, you know, if, if you didn't want a kid, you would just leave it out on your doorstep. And just because they didn't want it. Crazy. Bible, and, and Romans, and I think that was the Romans that were doing that. And, and Romans talks a lot about adoption. Romans talks mm. a lot about the adoption oh, yeah. in Christ. Sonship. Mm-hmm. Um, Crazy. And so you see, and you see, like, the Bible talks about, like, really serious things. But if people don't want to hear it, then they're not going to listen to it. And I think more churches are just being open about how they don't listen to it. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. I'm going on a rant. But... <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. I, I'm w- I'm right there with you, man. <clears throat> so yeah, this is the place for it. Yeah, I mean, this is that's what we're doing here. So and <laughs> and just just to remind the the listeners, just to get us a little more off track. Um, you know, we don't ever expect that we're going to be perfect or always right or anything like that and i am i have no problem getting on here later and recanting something if i'm wrong i've changed you know depending on whatever people point things out so for all of you at home take this information home talk with your friends your pastor your family and uh maybe all together as a body of christ we're going to get some good answers out of it so um absolutely yeah so i'm going to jump back right in on that picture because one thing that I, I really think, and and borrowing from some from some different sources, so I have to link the video where uh, Mike Weir definitely goes a little more in depth um, on this uh, topic. But it it was like a old like five year old video I had seen a while back, and he talks about you know if the Bible is the word of God and someone just tells you that, why would you just believe that? You know what? Why do you think that? And and how could you prove it? And so I, you know, I'm I'm talking about like I, I'm short reducing, boiling down so many hours of like research and reading that I did and that video by him. But basically, it's like if it's God's word, it, there's got to be something in it that a person couldn't have written. 
Does that ring any bells for you guys? <laughs> Prophecy. I mean, right there. I didn't want to leave yeah. big silence. Yeah. <laughs> just so, just so yeah. the viewers know that silence was like five minutes long, so I shortened it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Scratching our heads here. <laughs> I hit you with a curveball there, so I didn't want to hit you on the <laughs> But um, yeah, so, and, I, and I had that loaded because fantasy to me, it's like that is just the most mind-boggling thing because you. No one in their right mind would be like, this is going to happen tomorrow. I wouldn't say anything. I wouldn't say I'm eating Cheerios tomorrow because I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the the one that really stood out to me was Daniel 9, where Daniel's talking about the 77. And I mean, if you look into that and how it's it's 70 sets of seven years, and if you pay attention to all that, I'm not going to go super into detail, but you follow the Jewish years. I mean, it nails from when Artaxerxes in B.C. sent out the decree to when Christ would have been, I mean, a, a very solid date that is very, I mean, it's right in the, the range that he was uh, performing his ministry, would have been riding into Jerusalem, announcing that he was the Messiah, riding in on uh, the donkey. I mean, that is just crazy. Like, how? And then in yeah. Luke, it says he's he's, like, talking to Jerusalem, saying, you're going to be destroyed. Woe to you. You were told I was going to be here. Someone told you. I mean, that is insane. I got to look that verse up. So, uh, man, what do you guys think about that and prophecy? And I'm going to try and find that verse while you're doing it. It's in Luke. <laughs> <laughs> what I get for doing this in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, prophecy in the Bible is such... An important thing and it's so unique to the judeo-christian religion um and it's yeah i mean from isaiah to daniel to so many like different things in the old testament that point to jesus so specifically it is hard to read that and neglect it and i feel like you got to be trying really hard to neglect it in order to in order to uh, not see it, especially when it talks about, you know, he bore our transgressions. You know, the uh, in in uh, Isaiah when it's talking about the Messiah and how he bore your transgressions and he was beaten for you and bruised for you, and then you see Jesus who was literally doing those things. It's 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 plain. It's right there, and. But it doesn't matter because the culture that some Christians are creating is saying that it's not true. It doesn't matter. Jesus didn't actually raise from the dead. Jesus wasn't a real person. He was just a spiritual mentor, a person that somebody made up or such on, such on, you know. More and more Christians are denying it, but still retaining the name. It's yeah it's just sadly the culture that we're living in i'm gonna get that verse for some reason i'm having some trouble getting it pulled up on my page here so i'm gonna put that in the link too for sure yeah so that (laughs) that's a point that i i really wanted to talk about because it's so strange to me like it really is strange that why would anyone want to call themselves a christian and 
like completely redefine it like come up with a different name or something like it's just confusing <laughs> honestly i think it's just a marketing thing maybe or people or, or it's people that have grown up in a certain society <laughs> and they like it it's comfortable i mean mm-hmm. when you grow up in christianity and you don't like it but you still like aspects of it i I mean, I'd imagine it's comfortable to start a new denomination. People do it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just start my own thing. And they or do it. non-denom. <laughs> yeah, I'll start a non-denom. I'll start a business. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a church in Canada. It's like the United Church or denomination. It's like the United Church. I don't know. It's like United something. But they mm-hmm. they are the most progressive church you will ever see in your entire life. I mean, they don't believe mm-hmm. the scripture is infallible. They, they have an atheist pastor. They have some pastors that are they are polytheists, pantheists, um, panantheists. You know, they believe that God is everything and in everything. And this is a Christian church, and it's it's odd because <laughs> that's not yeah. Christianity. <laughs> yeah, and and so <clears throat> that I think. The dividing line there, and the reason I mentioned um, prophecy is because it it does come down to that authority of Scripture. I'm I'm pulling up your page here again. Because um, if you you have no authority in Scripture, uh, then it it does. It just unravels. I mean, it's like the thread out of the sweater. The sweater comes apart. Um, That's not the right page. Um, So... The uh, sorry, backtracking to prophecy. Oh man, I wish we did do editing now, and I'm stumbling all over. My- <laughs> That's okay. Everybody watching this knows me right now. <laughs> Ten years it'll be a break. <laughs> uh, no, but the reason I mentioned the prophecy is because um, it that's something that a man couldn't write, and then, and Daniel nine just to me is like a gleaming gleaming example of something that's just great. Like that one just blows my mind. It's and it's so precise. Um, very compelling evidence for me. I mean, just, and I've always been very um, skeptical about things, um, not in the sense of like skeptics that are fighting Christianity, but just, you know, I, I like the evidence. Uh, that doesn't mean everything for me. <laughs> we'll just, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. We'll talk about that on another episode, but that's very compelling for me. So to me, that, that speaks inspired. And so if I think that inspired, God said that. So if if that that confirms to me, then at least Daniel is true. Then you go into the history, and we won't even dive into that now. Maybe we'll do that another time of how the canon of scripture, because the canon of scripture was uh, uh, compiled. Very compelling for me. Like that's what I need to listen to, and so very mm-hmm. authoritative. And so I wanted to share an example in my life where I've changed because. You know, I, 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 I think in a way it was kind of like a pride thing. Like I was talking with some people and, and I was like, man, I'm, I'm totally against the death penalty. And, you you know, I'm on the fence of, you know, what, right and wrong, what to do in that situation when you're voting. But at the time I was like, I think it's wrong. I don't think Christians should ever uh, vote for it. And, and that's just kind of how I felt about it. I had some good conversations with people. Finally, someone shared with me this information from like the old Testament about death penalty and how it was definitely not vigilante. Like if you took it into your own hands, you're just as guilty. But as 
punishment from a state and actually how that cleansed the land. It got totally reworked how I thought about it. Okay. So if it's, uh, you know, the nation or the society, and then you're kind of like giving them what they deserve, depending on what they did. And so the Bible's very clear what does and doesn't deserve that. But I mean, yeah. something that has frustrated me when I talk with people is like, the Bible endorsed slavery. And it's like, no, if you look back there, it says if you stole a person and sold them, they killed the person who stole the person and the person who bought the person. They and both we also, knew what was up. And we also have to understand <laughs> the context, too. They A lot of people would put themselves into slavery just so that they could feed their family. Slavery mm-hmm. wasn't a, a lifelong commitment. It was a totally commitment different. to a couple of years yeah. so then they could have the ability to be free and the ability Absolutely. to financially be able to go out and live a life. Again, so, and that's a different type. That's, that's uh, what did they call that back in colonial America? Indentured servitude. Yeah. It's more like that in English for our language rather than yeah. forced slavery. So if it was forced, like they came and stole you, no. Man, they better watch their back. No. God, God made, <laughs> God punished Israel twice mm-hmm. with that. I mean, he did it. He did it when he put them in Egypt. That mm-hmm. was punishment. He did it again when Israel just failed to listen. He told them, "If you don't yeah. do, the, if you if you don't sin, if you don't rebel, you'll live a happy It'll life. Be good. But, if you, but if you'll continue to do this, if you continue to do it, I'll enslave you to Babylon." And what did they do? Rebelled. <laughs> he, they rebelled, as always, and he put them. He put them in slavery. Slavery has always been a punishment, not an endorsement. Yeah, and not to, yeah, not to endorse slavery, but it's a it's a God. It's God sovereignly saying, "I keeping that hand of protection," and he lets exactly. that come in. And you know what's crazy is even though he lets that happen, and that's their punishment, he just removes that protection. What happens that the captors are eventually punished as well. I mean, that is crazy. So it's like even exactly. even them working his purpose in that way, man, his ways are higher than our ways. He saw it from, from the future, man. He just knew that they're, they'll get theirs too, but you're going to be the first one to get punished. Yeah. And so a uh, fun fact, because you mentioned the exile to Babylon, when I was studying all the Daniel 9 stuff, I came across this. I, I don't even remember where... Um, but in Second Chronicles, you know, not the most popular book, probably just slightly more popular than First Chronicles with its nine chapters I'm, of genealogy. Dude, I'm I'm in First Chronicles right now, and it's, <laughs> uh, dude, I'm stretching, man. I went Gosh. through it not too long ago. There's a lot of resources I could send you that'll be like, whoa, that makes it way more interesting. But, anyways, in Second Chronicles, it's like one verse, totally missed it. I tore right through Second Chronicles. And it talks about during that exile how the land enjoyed its Sabbath. They're exiled for 70 years, and it's roughly 490 years somewhere in there that they were rebelling. And that's just an interesting number because they were supposed to take a seventh year for Sabbath on the land and not farm. So 490 years of rebellion. 70 years of Sabbath for the land to catch up. I mean, that to me, it's like, oh, that's pretty crazy. Like, I couldn't nail down numbers for you, but it's like, I bet you he had the exact numbers counted. I mean, that is just 
mind blowing for me. So cool. I'm a Bible nerd. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I think that kind of takes it like full circle back to how we were talking about last episode with you, Chase. Just the downside of shallow teaching nowadays is because like when you do try to address um, complaints that people have against the Bible, like that it, uh, it supports slavery or it supports misogyny or it supports anything like that. Like if you look into the Bible and really read it and get into the context of it further than just a shallow motivational teaching, like, yeah. and you understand the historical context, you can understand that that's not at all what's being taught there. But when you're just in it for the shallow, like shallow stuff, then you're not going to, you're not going to get that and you're not going to understand that. And yeah. Yeah. And if someone's interested, I mean, there's great resources for finding out the cultural context of what's going on in the Bible. Um, I think ESV mm -hmm. has a study Bible about um, the history behind. It's it's literally an entire Bible, but with the historical context behind it. So I, th I think I think it's by ESV, and I think there might be some other translations, but I think that's a good starting Very point cool. for interested. Go pick up one of those. Yeah, that is really cool. You can literally yeah, read the Bible and understand the history. Send us what to check sure. out. We'll check yeah, them we'll, out. We'll disperse them to we'll throw people. Them in the, mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll throw them in the, um, in the links down below. That's awesome. All right. So we're going to keep trudging right along. Let's pull back up. <laughs> Still trying to find that verse, man. <laughs> oh, man. It'll definitely be in the video description. I'll, see, that's, that's the cliffhanger for us. They had the cliffhanger to wait a week. We have the cliffhanger to figure out what verse I'm talking about. <laughs> they already know. <laughs> okay. So, we're going to dive in a little more specifically now. We're talking mm -hmm. about progressive Christianity. Uh, and so, you, you pinpointed a problem, and I, and I like it. Uh, and we're, we're going we're gonna to jump in right here. The problem with modern churches is that they set aside verses they don't agree with socially politically, etc., use the rest of the Bible whenever it justifies something they like. So take it from there, Chase. What were you thinking there? Yeah, um, I think it, the most common thing is like uh, Jesus hung out with the sinners. Jesus hung out with um, all these different groups of people. Um, and you you see this all the time, like Jesus is love. Therefore, we love everybody. And then they extend this to we love all the things that they love or more in particular you know like if someone is indulging in a specific activity that is counter biblical but is still love then we get into you know that troubled water of like okay yeah jesus does love everybody yeah yeah but jesus doesn't love that sin um <laughs> And I, dude, I've heard some crazy stuff recently. I heard a girl recently tell me that Jesus was probably gay because it talks about how, uh, there's that one, uh, there's the disciple that Jesus loved. They always, dude, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I, I heard this and I was like, no, you're joking. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Don't that, get that's started. such a wild claim. Like all you gotta do is say, prove that, prove that. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I, and I get what you're saying there. Um, it, it is it's a very interesting thing uh, to to pick and choose. And so we've been talking about like the authority of the Bible because that that's what uh, makes every verse interdependent. And so you can't just pick and choose some out. I mean, if you're doing that, that that is very progressive. And I I see the way they see the Bible. I, I can understand that. 
But, um, you know, I just um, ask anyone that is doing that, if they're listening to this, to just consider it. Think about uh, the origin of the Bible, what the writers of the Bible said about it, and uh, can that uh, fit with a worldview where the Bible is just, you know, a library of texts, basically. Um, but where, what to, to me seems super flimsy there is the, the flexible morality, the um, subjectiveness of that. Because if mm. it's not the Word of God, okay, well then, I, I would ask them, you know, is God good if he didn't give us a framework to go off of? If we can do whatever, I mean, there are obviously bad things that we all agree on in this life. So if he didn't give us this actual framework uh, to work with and to measure ourselves up against you and to, to work towards, then where are we headed? And and I wouldn't even want to go down that route with them. I'd be like, let's just stop there and let's talk about the conscience because we all have the same feelings when we, as kids, stole the cookie from the cookie jar we knew that was wrong <laughs> and we were scared to get caught <laughs> mm-hmm. oh man so you you zeroed in on an issue and i you know i didn't think it would take long for it to come up here uh and uh, uh let's talk about it so yeah. uh, gay marriage is definitely uh, an interesting topic and and the the point i i made i wanted to make just finally came back to me and, and the reason I bring it up is because it comes down to your definition of love. I mean, it really does. What is love? That's, that's the point there. So what do you think there, Chase? Take yeah, the bullet I, and then you're off. The uh, <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'll just get canceled, man. I'll get canceled. It's fine. <laughs> we're all no, I, We're starting out canceled. <laughs> no, see... This is this is such a touchy subject. Um, yeah, certainly. And uh, and I think it, you know we just got to approach it with love. And I think that's mm-hmm. we got to start first and foremost with that is we mm-hmm. love we love everybody. Mm-hmm. We are all people that God has created for a purpose. Whether or not mm-hmm. we live up to that purpose is totally different. Mm-hmm. But. Um, Approaching this topic with love. I think mm-hmm. the biggest thing that we have to do is we have to look at what scripture says. And before we even get to the points where it talks about marriage, we need to start with creation. Mm-hmm. God created Adam. And he said, Adam needs a helper. He created Eve. We already see a dynamic of the relationship God made in perfection. Eden is perfection. And God created Adam and Eve in that perfection. Mm-hmm. And that becomes the framework for marriage. Mm-hmm. And we see it again um, throughout the Old Testament talking about marriage and what marriage is. And then we see a lot it of also. <laughs> we, yeah, we see a lot of mistakes. <laughs> you know, you know, David and Solomon loved women, but they were only meant for. <laughs> but they were. As I took a sip. <laughs> But David and Solomon, they made the mistake of yes, they were with women, but they were with way too many women. Yeah. I think it was I think it was Solomon that had um Oh, oh gosh. Days. It was it was I think it was three hundred wives and seven hundred concubine or or it was it was a thousand, but I can't remember which ones were which. It yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But um 
And then when it becomes the framework for how Jesus views him in the church, the church is his bride. Jesus, mm-hmm. believe it or not, was a man. And, and he was the groom. <laughs> and then we see the church as his bride. And I think that is also just a framework. Jesus, people say Jesus didn't talk about marriage. Yes, he did. He talked about his marriage with himself and the church. Yep. And I think and that's something that the price, Which is so funny how the, the Jewish culture mirrored that, how the groom would pay oh, yeah. the bride price, leave, prepare a place, and she didn't know when he was coming back, and then come back for her. Yeah, I got to do more research. Dude, I didn't even think about that. that. That's you could write a <laughs> crazy. You could write That's a crazy. fat paper on that. <laughs> oh yeah, totally, man. You're gonna get some A's after this. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but, but oh man, and the 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 symbolism is just beautiful there for how you know his people just were pictures pointing towards what he was gonna do. I mean, always. Um, but yeah, in in. I like how you started out. We got to approach it with love. And, and I want to just define that a little bit because what, what is love? I mean, Jesus said that, I mean, there's no greater love than laying your life down for your friends. I mean, that, that, that just, it, it is different. It is not for yourself. And I think yeah. that we do a disservice to people to lie to them, to think, you know, we, we've made this case for why we think scripture's authority. I, I mean, I stumbled through it why we think scripture is authority and why we would believe what God says. And if we really truly are convicted and that's what we think for us to go to tell, go to someone and tell them you can do this and harm yourself forever for eternity. I mean, that is like just plunging the knife in their back. And so I think that when we, when we speak with people and the people I've spoken with, and I have, I have friends that are homosexual and, and, just the, not even just that. Sin. I mean, think of any sin. I've I've got almost all those friends. Maybe even some murders. I don't know. But no matter who they are, it's it's coming to them with that truth and and that gentleness and all the fruits of the spirit and and coming to them and saying, hey, this is what the Bible says, you know. And look where I was. You know, I'm guilty of all these things. You know, we're all guilty yeah. of so many things. That that's the point. There's no paying for that. And so if we really think that this is what God says, you know, and then we give them that honest case. Um, but I, that, I think that's why progressive Christianity is just like fingernails on the chalkboard because it's like, man, that is just, it yeah. just seems so dark, so far from anything that could, could be the word of God. Even though they have the Bible right there, it's just not, it, they're not really looking at it. And I think that's why I'm compelled to talk to them so much because I'm just sad for them. They're missing out on really being the best self they could be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. what's hard about, um, I guess, talking just about, I think it's good that we define love, not only like in the marital sense of what God designed love to be between a husband and a wife, but like what it means for us as Christians to love people and what loving people looks like. Because I think when the world says we need to love people. It means we need to accept them for who they are and who they say mm-hmm. they are. But yeah. when like we, and the concept of loving someone, but disagreeing with how they live their life or the choices they make, isn't really compatible anymore. Um, but that's, that's what we do. Like we, like I could, I, we, we love people. We like you guys have said, we, everyone's created in the image of God. Everyone is created uniquely. Everyone's created 
was created by God and God loves them each and we love them like as God does, or we should be doing that. But that doesn't mean that we agree with every single decision mm-hmm. made. And yeah. like we, we hold the Bible as inerrant and what the Bible says is how we, how we live. And so, and yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a hard concept to get across yeah. that we can, not accept and not agree with people's life choices, but still love them. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's funny. And I was, I was thinking about this point of the conversation from the moment I read through, uh, Chase's, uh, list. We got to come up with a name for that list. It was something like catchy, like there, I don't know. I, I can't <laughs> think of it off the top of my head, but we'll get there. <laughs> but I got to the end and I knew it was going to get to this point because there's, there's something in our culture that is dying that I think is like the foundation of the way that we communicate with other people. And, and so the last point on uh, your page was why do churches feel the need to pick apart these scriptures and everything and to fit and to make this work and, and, and to let people, you know, be whatever they want to be. And it's because tolerance is just gone because tolerance is not agreeing, but still like, being able to be with that person, be like, hey, dude, I, I, I want to be your friend. You know, you're awesome. I don't care that you don't believe everything I believe. Let's talk about it. Let's find what's true yeah. and, and let's let's dialogue about it. We can be friends even if we never agree. And, uh, yeah. man, tolerance is a word. The funny thing is there was a day where, like, I was thinking all about the, like, property of tolerance <laughs> and, like, could not think of the word. Like, I hadn't heard it in so long. I was like, what is this word? And I'm, like, describing it to people, like, please help me, you know. And they're like, can't think of it. And finally, I was like, tolerance, that's what it is. And, and so since then, I've been talking about it as much as I can. But, but that's, I think that's, that is the way that we're going to be able to start in love with those people and with progressive Christians specifically. Is like, look, you know, uh, tolerance, I think, is going to be the way that we do this. Because we don't agree, and that's okay. And uh, yeah. I'm not trying to make you feel like you don't have a place in this world by any means. And I'm not even saying you can't do what you want to do. <laughs> I don't care, but I just want to share with you my heart, and I, and I want the best for you genuinely. And so I want to share those things with you and let you think about them. You share with me everything you want to, and I'll think about it too. And I think that's what's special about this podcast is they can come on here and share what they think. And I hope we do have a progressive Christian. They can say what yeah. they want to say, and we'll think about it, and we'll have that dialogue with them too. And be friends afterwards. You know, that's the worst mm-hmm. is when I have a conversation like that with someone, and they just disappear. I'm like, I thought we were friends, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that's – I. Oh gosh, it's such a big thing. And I think the Internet has, uh, has a lot to do with this intolerance. And it's – man, I've had to get off the Internet. I've had to get off social media. <laughs> I've had to get off posting my opinions just because mm. the the internet creates this impersonality. Mm. And when we, when we get uh, comfortable with this impersonality over things we disagree with, then we become so insufferable to talk to, <laughs> you know, like I, I love Dr. James White on YouTube. I love him um, more because he's, he's smart. He's very, he exegetes scripture. That's awesome. Oh man, he's a he's Have to check super it out. Cal- he's super Calvinist. I'm gonna <laughs> warn you. So like, so like, I mean, you're you're gonna be told you're wrong. And the, the, what I'm getting to is, he he's so smart. 
he is so he he kind of attacks. I mean, when he's on his own podcast, he's very like he jumps at the the topic. But you hear him in a debate, and he's he's fairly calm in a debate. But in those moments of like just him, it's so just you know, there's no remorse, and I think that's mm. what we're missing in modern Christian. Um, and even non-Christian just talks. We're, we're missing that remorse for the other person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely a genuine heart. For, I, yeah. I care about this person. Mm-hmm. Tolerance. You oh, know, yeah. like like you said, tolerance is so key. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many things in the church that we disagree with, but we're tolerant with people. Like, most people that are, are Arminians are tolerant with Calvinists. You know, right. for the most part, for right. the most part, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty, everyone's pretty tolerant in that, in that range for the most part. But then <laughs> we get outside of those four walls and we're just, we can be belligerent with people. Totally. totally. Um, That's a great warning. I mean, and, and we got to keep that humility and work and check it. I mean, if you ever hear an episode where we're, we're not and shoot us that email and be like, whoa, man. Because, you know, there's some things that I'm convinced of. Um, but I always want to be humble enough to hear another point of view and show that person through the words and the actions. I value you enough to listen to you and to communicate with you both ways. Because, like you said, that, that, that like, remorse for, like, if they're off or just that genuine care. Like, man, I want to... I want to help you and I want to be helped by you and we're, we're going to do life together, you know, and, and there's some, some people that won't work the same with, you know, it definitely is different when someone else is a Christian because you agree so much, man, you just like link arms. There's no way you can't, man. It's the body of Christ. But the, anyone who's not a Christian, you know, that that's something that I hope they see and desire. They know us by our love. They're like, man, mm-hmm. something's different about them, man. They're not related, but it, they might as well be. They're pretty cool with each other. And that dude bought that guy's lunch, man. People don't do that all the time. <laughs> or they count. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I I actually want to touch on something that Kai said real quick. You you were talking about how the scripture is inerrant and um you know, the infallibility of scripture. And I think it's important to maybe define what we talk about, what we mean by we um, do. infallible yeah. and inerrant. I think that's super key to understanding this argument too. So, uh, for sure. How about one of you guys start? Cause it, Kai, you start because you haven't talked before yeah. and I want to hear it. You <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when, uh, yeah, when, we say, and when I when I when I said the scripture is inerrant, um, and we talked about it earlier, like we believe the, God, the scripture is God breathed. Um, it was inspired by by God. It wasn't written by God. It was written by human authors. That but they were inspired by God and um, the Holy Spirit. And I believe that in saying the Bible is inerrant, I believe that um, it is true in all things it says. I believe that. Um, it is God's word and that God isn't wrong about anything, that God doesn't contradict himself, that, um, the Bible, his word doesn't contradict itself. Um, that you read it, um, it, this is something that I love about it is that like, there are things throughout that you can, you can read and you can, um, 
reference, like between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, it tells the story of Jesus Christ, um, specifically in the gospel. But if you like are looking hard enough in the Old Testament, you see it there too, that it's all the story of um, creation and the fall, and but that God had a plan the whole time to, for um, Jesus to become human, become one of us, and to die for our sins and save us. Um, but yeah, just all that to say, um, when I said it was inerrant and infallible, I, we believe the word of God is his word, and it doesn't contradict itself. It's um, mm -hmm. wholly perfect in the way that it is. I like it. Yeah. I pulled a verse up <laughs> while you're doing that, too. For sure, it, yeah. It's, uh, Psalm <laughs> Drop that 12, uh, and uh, it's verse 6, and it says, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace mm -hmm. on the ground, purified seven times. And I mean, and that's that's what you'll find. There's nothing in there contradictory, and there's nothing in there. I mean, you're going to find things in there that could lead you astray if you do them, because the story's about a guy screwing up. <laughs> but mm -hmm. if you follow what the Lord's instructing you through that, man, I'll pay you if you can tell me how that ruins your <laughs> life. You know, it might, your life might get harder, but, you know, and, and again, that, that just... That's the foundation there. If, if the word is true, then even a movement like progressive Christianity, and I think it'll come in back. I really do. Because it just can't stand up to the veracity of Scripture. And, you know, the, the, the statements it, it makes and the truth in them and the way it lines up and the fulfilled prophecy and the, the truth about how it can impact your life when you follow God, I mean, you have good evidence and experiential evidence where you can go experience. You do this, you follow him, watch what happens. You know, and that's why I told that story in a previous episode about my parents, because I never thought I'd talk to them again. And it's like, if you do this, you know, you're going to forgiveness and God's going to kick your butt and he's going to teach you right from and Man, it happened. And, and that stood out to me as a moment where it was like, I, God did that. He restored that in my life only because of the way that he had changed me. And I was like, man. Yeah. So, I good, think uh, I, I got two things I want to say. So I, I, I also want to explain my definition of what I say by inerrant and infallible. Yeah. Um, it, it lines up with kind of what Kai said. I like to say that the Bible's theology is perfect. Um, <laughs> I know that's kind of a weird statement to say, like, what does that mean? And it's, you know, like, like you said, the Bible doesn't contradict itself. From beginning mm -hmm. to from beginning to end, the Bible's theology is perfect. It lays out exactly what we need to know. Theologically speaking, you know, mm -hmm. you want to know about the creation; it's right there. Mm -hmm. You want to know about the end? Just read the last page. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's <laughs> it's all there from beginning to end, and it's you just got to read it. It's right there. Um, mm -hmm. the second thing is too, like we talk, you know, I'm talking about this kind of like negatively that, and it, it kind of seems that there's no hope, but, um, I think there is a, there is a generation that's been stirring up for a while that is hungry for something different. And mm -hmm. I think there's, like I was talking about, there's kind of two, from the last of the, there's two camps. We have the progressives and we got the conservatives in terms of theology and you know, mm -hmm. church stuff. Um, but there's, I've been, I was reading about this recently, but it's like, they call them, they call them the neo-Calvinists. 
And it's <laughs> this essentially this movement of younger people that are that are just wanting something deeper, something that is fully in scripture. Because that's a whole part of the Reformation was just I don't care what the what the you know the the Roman Church says. What does the Bible say? And that's how you got this entire new wave of people and during the Reformation is that they just mm-hmm. picked up their Bibles and they read stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, you're kind of there's a there's been a generation that's been building up for a while that is you know with the help of like John Piper who was kind of a pioneer in getting like Jonathan Edwards thoughts and then kind of rephrasing them in a way that kind of fit a younger audience. Mm. Um, and I think that was, and I think that's really helped getting a generation that's wanted something deeper. Cause I knew that was my problem is mm-hmm. that I was getting fed little mm-hmm. and I needed more. Mm-hmm. Um, and scripture is all you need. Yep. Um, I think it's good to find people that direct you to scripture and how to read scripture. Um, but at the end of the day, you just need scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, getting out there and getting those the sources, the context, and understanding it just deepens that understanding of scripture. And it's like, wow, mm-hmm. man, I didn't even know what just treasure was sitting on that page, man. Mm. It's so cool when you get that stuff. I think it's Dude. great how, like, I think for a long time, I I was hard on myself as I was reading the Bible because of I felt like I needed to like dive in and do a deep like commentary led study every single time I did it. But <laughs> like you can read it just on the surface level and get something out of it and you can get like a ton more out of it by going into the commentaries and all the all the deep stuff. But you don't have to have like a super scholarly educated understanding of it to be able to to get the truth out of it and get get what's needed out of it. Mm-hmm. But but you can do the deep stuff and get a lot more. That's really cool stuff out of yeah. it too. So it's that's one of the big ones I've read. Is like scriptures and errant, <laughs> but our interpretation is not. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. And that's mm-hmm. but yeah. That's a whole thing in itself. Just yeah. You know. We're gonna have to hit a little. And I think episode. the church. I didn't even. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. Go gosh. Ahead. I was just saying, like, the, the church is important in interpretation, but it is not the sole interpreter. You sure, know what I mean? sure. and, and when it starts to produce, you know, more and more of this, like, uh, tradition, and then you start to write that and hold that up with scripture, now you get deviation. And so that's, that's another topic for another day, too. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think that's part of the benefit when Paul says, you know, don't neglect to meet with the church, with the body. Um, you, you, if you're with some solid Christians who believe what the Bible says, believe in the Word of God, love Jesus, I mean, you guys, you, there's no way you can't come together and read the Word, and God's going to speak through that, and you're going to have yeah. people that will hold you accountable and just watch that trajectory of your life start to change and shift. So it's very exciting. And, and thank you for taking us back to that definition, because I'll get up to this crazy level, yeah. and it's like, I am, you know... <laughs> Only a few people might be tracking with that. And so when you bring it back to that, I appreciate that. So I'm going to need yeah, more I, people I just to think do it's, that. I think it's super important for people to understand these mm-hmm. big words sometimes. I, you know, I, or even, even if you dumb down the words, just be like, the Bible is perfect. I think that's also mm-hmm. a great example. 
mm-hmm. or, sorry, great word to use in, um, in conjunction, but, yep. um, I think it's important I for people it. when they're, <laughs> I need it too. <laughs> I think it's important for people to understand these big topics that the Bible talks about, um, and to not be shy with them. Yeah. He does talk about a lot of big topics. I mean, we have words like justification, sanctification. Yep. Uh, we have words, we have divisive words like the elect. I mean, Bible mm-hmm. talks about a lot of these big things. And we got to figure out well, what does this mean? And I think we need to yep. tackle it I love with it. scripture. Yep. I, I think you're right. And and that's, again, I mean, I'm, I'm just stoked to be doing this with you guys and, and uh, for the guests that'll be on, you know, and there's, there's no limit, man. You could be on a thousand times. It doesn't matter. Um, but we want to do that. And so it's like, if there's a topic we hit, you know, and I'm like, I don't think we really nailed it. We're going to come back and do it again. And, and that's what we want people to do, you know, do that with your families because you can do that a lot faster than we could produce a video about it. But you know, you hear that word justification, sanctification, the elect, man. So if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I like that. Hit the, hit the books, man. Start doing it. Have those conversations. Oh, yeah way smarter people out there than us <laughs> man it, it, like if you got big questions man it, and if you're like in a local church just go talk to your pastor exactly that's mm-hmm. such a key thing like your pastor's there not just to preach in a pulpit hopefully mm-hmm. hopefully they're not there just to do that but they're there for those questions they shouldn't be there mm-hmm. for those questions you know mm-hmm. um so if you're able to man just contact your pastor and see what they got to say about those topics and go in there knowing what the word says. Yeah. Don't That'll just be listen like the blind. Next Don't listen blindly. I go to a mega church. I can't talk to my pastor. What do I do? <laughs> That'll be a good episode. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> yeah. another one to tackle. Well, we're, we're uh, running long for sure. This one, but it, it's been excellent. So I just wanted, before we start to wind it down, any final thoughts, any things we didn't cover, do you want to come back? <laughs> it was terrible. I hate it. I'm never coming back. Delete <laughs> it. No, man, this is, <laughs> no, this has been great, man. It's been great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, great, man. Thank you for being on. And it took us a long time. You made the time, dude. We really appreciate it and definitely want to have you back on. So once it's posted, man. If you can go yeah, back and listen sure. to it, that's the hardest thing for me. I like never go back and listen to it. So, uh, but if, <laughs> no, if you do, and you're like, man, I, I just thought of this thing I meant to say and I didn't, hit us up, man. We'll have you back on. Welcome to Firebrand Pursuit. This podcast exists to provide a platform to encourage passionate and candid conversations between Christians and people of other worldviews. We want to bring a Christian perspective that is firmly founded in biblical principles to bear in the setting of all social and theological issues that the church must contend with. We also want to discuss other worldviews and provide a safe space where those conversations can be shared in a mature and exciting fashion. This podcast was created by myself, Trevor Turk, and Kai Wilbanks. Because we lack formal theological training, and the fact that we are not pastors or ministers means that we find ourselves in a very similar position to the majority of the church and people in general. We hope that by promoting thought in the church, we might better contend for the gospel within society. We also hope that by giving people of other worldviews a chance to share what they think and believe, 
We'll both create a culture of healthy debate, as well as represent the gospel in the closest fashion to Christ that we can. These sincere and passionate desires are what drive us to share with you Firebrand Pursuit.